sounds so funny, but I went on. Uh, well, I didn't go on. I had Jay on when you were, uh, you know, delivering your son, and uh, he used a clip of it for his podcast, and he must have used an auto uh, transcription service to get the the transcript down because he he posts on his site he posts the episode and the transcript it's always how 301 comes out mm-hmm. and i was reading through it and i was reading my bits and i sound fucking stupid just like i look like well see how i said like twice there it's not noticeable yeah. when you're talking to somebody because it's paralanguage it fades into the background but when you're reading it I was trying to make like a very simple point, but every like and pause and uh is in the text, and you just sound like a mush mouth idiot. Yeah, I've noticed that I don't finish sentences. Whenever I get that people get it, I just stop talking. I'm like, why would I finish what I'm? Whereas, like, if you're yeah, if you're writing it down. It's like where you didn't finish this sentence. You just like trailed off. But yeah, I've noticed that. I don't know if I'm gonna change it or not. Don't never change. Never change. That's what I would write in the back of your yearbook. I would say never change, Kelby. <laughs> that I would just draw a penis in the back of your yearbook, mm-hmm. and I'd say have a fun summer, and then I'd put an arrow from the penis to a stick figure. And be like, this is you, and the stick figure would have a speech bubble, and it'd be like, yummy, yummy, come in my tummy. <laughs> I feel like everybody did that. That was the joke in high school. It wasn't just that you sucked dick or swallowed cum, but that you thought it was yummy. That you always had to include that bit in there. It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. He loves it. He loves the taste. This is like yogurt <laughs> to him. <laughs> He gets his powers from it. My son has started to take his, his, his uh, cup, the one with the rubber nipple. It's a bottle, basically, but he's transitioning into cups. And he's started to push the nipple all the way down in. That's what I'm looking at now. And then he looks at me like, how do I do this now? How do I drink from this? So, well, you know, you probably want the nipple facing outward because... Uh, but you know, it's kids. There's my knack. I found my knack. Oh hell yeah, let's go. I was taking knack for a while there for my immune system, cellular health, and to combat the deleterious effects of having obsessive compulsive disorder. But I couldn't find it for a while, so I had to raw dog life again. Um, is that a uh, is that an L product placement or is that a Rogan thing? You know, L has told me about it. Um, but I think what got me to buy it was I was looking up ways without taking antidepressants to sort of combat OCD. And what I read was that OCD is basically an uh, overactive amygdala. Like you have, you make too much serotonin, I want to say. It's like a dysregulation of serotonin. And in studies where they've given people 800 milligrams of NAC a day, they've seen real results in a reduction of symptoms. But, I mean, honestly, uh, I took NAC for about a month, and it helps a little bit, but the real way to get rid of OCD is to just stop being OCD. 
Same as being depressed or anxious. You just kind of have to stop and accept whatever your brain is telling you. So if your brain comes up and says you have cancer or your son's going to get his head run over by a garbage truck, you kind of just have to be like, oh, well, that's a weird thought. I think I'll think about something else now. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, uh, a borderline panic attack earlier because I we just cleared out my garage, a mm-hmm. one car garage, which I don't know, maybe like a quarter car garage. Mm-hmm. It was a very poorly designed uh, little setup. But my dad rolled into town and my mom's here helping with the kid. And we, uh, we like got the garage cleared out and shit. And so I'm out here today like painting stuff. I'm like, I can actually work in my garage. This is amazing. Um, I'm a garage dad now. Oh, yeah. And I'm out here painting shit where I set up the bucket after I opened it. I turn in my newly organized and clean garage. I like turn and almost knock the bucket over, and like it's inches away from just spilling all over the garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my heart just like wanted to explode in that moment. And then I was having little like thoughts of like oh my god you could have this and that and this and you know mm-hmm. and it was making me really anxious and I was like you you didn't chill out mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize how little they breathe it'll freak you out if you think too much about it but a lot of people don't realize that they are holding their breath in and for ex- it sleeted this morning it was the craziest shit we woke up I was getting ready to take Rios to work and I hear thunder and I think to myself thunder it's 16 degrees outside what the fuck is it thundering for because normally those two things don't go together you don't normally get a thunderstorm here in Oklahoma with these kind of temperatures you get snow and I look outside and it's sleeting like a bitch and I've had uh, incidents on icy roads before Oklahoma mm-hmm. is just trash but the worst one was when I lived in Portland because Portland doesn't get snow and ice except for when it does and it's one or two days every few years and there's hills everywhere <clears throat> and when I lived in Portland I was going to work because I lived on top of a huge hill I had to go down this big ass hill and I thought I would take a, a neighborhood side street to get down which is the opposite of what you want to do because those major roads are trafficked so the ice melts a bit because of the tire traction right. and shit so I was in a neighborhood and I went down this little ass hill nothing major but I completely skidded out and my car was like a bowling ball on a bumper lane just boom 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 from side to side on the road it completely fucked up my suspension I had to pay uh, <laughs> I took it to get fixed and this dude was like, hey, low-key, I can do this all for you. Like, I'll get you a quote. Like, don't take their quote. I'll do it for you for cost plus whatever. And he fixed it, but it was still a headache. It still cost me, like, well, it didn't cost me. It cost the insurance company, like, $850 or whatever. Maybe more. Anyway, my point is is that I see ice on the road, and I think to, I think back to that moment, same as anybody else who's experienced big trauma it's like you know snipers people who've gotten into fender benders on the road anybody who has post-traumatic stress disorder from these kind of things basically gets a feeling of anxiety when they look out but now i just 
go out there and think, well, I'll just be careful. Not much I can do. Yeah. I, yeah, I can relate to the elements trauma a whole lot, especially in a vehicle. It, like, it'll flood in seconds over here whenever it's raining hard enough, which doesn't have to be that hard. It's like swampy. Uh, when fellow brought up the like Tokyo, he's like, don't go in June because it's 90 degrees and humid. It's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you don't know where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's terrible over here. Wind, rain, swamp, hurricanes. And you drive through that shit and fuck up your vehicle. And like, oh, God damn, I'm never going outside again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's an option if you want to die inside. Basically, there, I just found out, speaking of, uh, speaking of natural disasters, I found out today that besides a few tornadoes that happen in Europe every once in a while, the American Midwest is the only place on Earth that gets tornadoes. And I guess that, that makes sense because I've had friends who are from Australia or the UK or whatever. And every year for four months in Oklahoma, there's a, there's a real threat of tornadoes. And they'll message me, oh my God, that's terrifying. And if you've lived your whole life this way, you say, yeah, but... Uh, there ain't shit I can do about it, really. I mean, the sky's gonna do what the sky's gonna do. I, I don't, the government controls that, not me. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the Midwest probably is cursed with that because uh, of all that, that land they stole. From who? From the people who make the hurricanes with their magic tomahawk powers. Oh, right, right, right. That's a good point kind of a pet cemetery thing but for tornadoes yeah see here in texas we didn't do anything wrong that's that's so true that's so true texas did nothing wrong nothing bad ever happened nothing bad ever happened in texas that's why we won the alamo because god was on our side mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a story it's a heroic story of triumph you have to remember the alamo see what mm-hmm. protected it from invaders Man, I feel like we kind of need like an Alamo of today, you know, like right at the border, just set up with a bunch of machine guns, right? Do a last stand kind of thing. <laughs> you know, just to get the, the jingoism and the patriotism back to where it needs to be, because people are not patriotic enough today. Everybody hates America. No. That's lame. There's so much... Uh so much cool shit in America. This Matt Walsh guy, he says that he wants to kill immigrants. What is it that he wants to criminals? Drug dealers. Drug dealers, yeah. yeah. And you he see, wants me dead, bro. Every time I find I like dip my toes into conservatism as a way of thinking, it's people like that. And I think that the right really does suffer from having psychopaths as its representatives because you look at this guy matt walsh he did that documentary what is a woman have you heard of this thing it's a it's like a he goes to like africa and asks tribal people 
and he'll say, okay, yeah, that's uh, right. And then he'll say, so is there a third thing? And they'll be like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> they start speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll say... They're like, let me be clear about this. There is no third thing. <laughs> but they'll say, he'll say, you know, not a man or a woman, but something else. And they'll be like, ha, 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 ha. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, but so he'll do something like that. He'll do one of these documentaries. And <clears throat> I don't know, man. I watch that kind of shit. The... You know, we've been over this on the show before, but the tr- the whole trans thing, just like, I know you're transphobic now, but yeah, because I met one, right? <laughs> Offline. <laughs> My thing was just like, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, but this is the point. I think this is a valid point, where you know the the same reaction that you had there, is the reaction that I have to these conservative people. Where I think to myself, can you shut the fuck up and just stop being a fucking weirdo for five seconds? Because everybody's got ideas. I listened to Mr. Two-Tone Suit on Joe Rogan today, Mr. Jordan Peterson. And <laughs> I was listening to him and I thought, you know, this guy's got some points. He talks about how people need stories to guide their lives and everybody's looking to form, you know, habitable habitable communities against chaos as an antidote to tyranny and i was like okay that's bars i like that that's cool but he's he's he talks like this and he says things like oh i don't think so buddy i don't think so buckle i have no idea what jordan peterson's thing is because i will not listen to somebody like that can't get past can't get past that can't get past the ben shapiro he talks like this and well i'm gonna use uh, facts and facts don't care about your feelings and oh and then you look at the left and it's they like all the same shit as me they like uh you know movies like heat and scarface and video games and they don't shower they don't bathe so i'm on board 100 percent with the aesthetic <laughs> And they drink and they do drugs and they have rich parents and and they dye their hair. I'm trying to. I want to take the. I don't really want to dye my hair blue, but I almost do just to take it back. Yeah, you should do that. I think it would look good. Um, dye it pink. Take it man, a step fuck further. it. Let's go. Yeah, just have the one earring in your ear, but like in the gay ear. You know, take the gay ear back. Um, but. And then just start calling myself a woman. Just take it back. Take just the whole take thing back. back. Take womanhood back. <laughs> I just take a radical feminist podcast. It's a radical feminist podcast. Um, but no, so you have these people on all sides, and you, eventually you just take ideas from both of them. But I understand where everybody's coming from. If you're a person who's on the right, and somebody's making a point about... What's, a, what's like an innocuous thing that conservative people believe in? Gun control. We'll say gun control. Something that I basically agree with, or whatever the opposite of it is. Gun rights. 2A stuff. So mm-hmm. the person on the right is saying, I'm pro-Second Amendment. I think, okay, fuck yeah, me too, right? And they're like, and also, the drag queens are making our kids turn trans. And also, my voice is going to sound like Winnie the Pooh. It's just like, ugh. 
Ugh. I can't really can't get behind that. You go to the left, and, and they say, you know, I think that people, uh, you know, shouldn't shouldn't die if they break their arm, or they shouldn't. Let's say they say something like, I think that people shouldn't go three hundred thousand dollars into debt if they break a leg or something. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I fuck with that. I get that for sure. And they're like, and also, if you don't let your kid. You're a bigot. I'm like, oh, okay, so now I'm off the train again. But I guess that's just being an adult. Yeah. Yeah, all of it is childish. That's the real issue. It's all children behavior. You can just do whatever you want. I see it all the time. Seeing people be like, uh, even in the language of like, since we're right adjacent Mm -hmm. and the... like socially and kind of the social spheres that sure. we yeah, yeah, exist yeah. in right they're like well I, i'm pretty sh- i mean i know how y'all stand on this i'm like how do you know how i stand on anything mm-hmm. also what the fuck does it matter are we all right is that what this podcast is are we an all right podcast uh i think i'm woke i think i'm woke too i think that we would be yeah. labeled as an all right podcast by some people or I've never seen them call us alt right. They call us edge lords. That's the edge lords, yeah. Which is, yeah, fine. that's yeah, that's fine with me. Hilarious. I like completely it. inaccurate because I don't edge. I bust. As evidence, I'm a bust by lord. a new kid. You have you have a new kid. Yep. There was there was no edging involved in that nine months ago. Um, but Not pulling out either. Oh, I know. Speaking of the writing world. <clears throat> and uh, their their little kerfluffles. Uh, I saw one today because somebody tagged me in it. Because apparently, apparently, uh, some dude came out with a book called Madam Tomahawk or something. And mm-hmm. the, these people were angry because another writer, um, I was going to say less well known, but I mean, really, in this sphere. <laughs> It's uh let's say they're in the same league. You know, it's like the same league. And he came out with a book called Lady Tomahawk. And I just see like these unhinged tweets from some dude who's like using a bunch of hashtags and shit, uh run on sentences. I, I'm not a, I'm not the grammar police, but at the same time, let's get a grip, right? Let's get it together. If so, you're talking about writing, please, for the love of God. For the love of God. So you know, I'm reading this shit, and uh, the guy who wrote Madam Tomahawk is uh, a really bad writer. Uh, also, just like kind of a. There's no love lost between me and this guy. But at the same time, unfortunately, I can't take the side of the Lady Tomahawk thing because the you ripped me off argument in the world of art is a non. It's a total non starter for me. Right, so somebody tagged me in that, and they're like, they should do uh, a class on books that have tomahawk in the title, because of course, you know, I have a book called Tomahawk that came out years ago. It's just called Tomahawk. It's no girly, pro, no girly uh, shit. It's just no tomahawk. girly adjectives. Yep, that's right. That's right. For the boys, like For the a real, boys. like a real writer. For the boys, and I don't know if that, if tagging me in that was an effort to. Didn't, but I've, I've been very clear on Twitter that I don't do that shit no more. Like, I talk shit on my podcast. 
and that's it because this is where I get my ideas out best and I don't want to waste my time like and get you you know this this motherfucker has nothing better to do like he'll argue with you all day about whatever so but just as a broad point about this stuff is just that I steal everything unashamedly I was reading Gantz and I saw something I liked I picked that shit up I was watching this like uh, this uh blood sport style anime on netflix because i was bored i just turned on an episode and it was the idea that i needed for the book that i'm writing right now and so do i just kind of do i try to take it and twist it and make it my own no i just took it i'm like okay that's my idea now too because that's what people do the idea of originality is really weird yeah that's not how that's not how stories are told like if, if like you come up across, with a, oh sorry go ahead go ahead no it's all you i was gonna say, like even across cultures and across the globe you can go way back and see cave drawings that are a similar narrative and obviously these people didn't have the internet they didn't have you know explain the pyramids mm-hmm. you've got mayan pyramids you've got egyptian pyramids you've got you no know, there's somewhere else in the world with pyramids like who the fuck told them to do that Mm-hmm. How'd they get that idea? Aliens. Like, they were online and saw, you know. Yeah, no. They were just. No! Visited by the same aliens. And we were visited by the same aliens to tell our little stories. Yep. Yep. I, I don't agree with the counting it. There's only uh, ten different types of stories. I'm like, who, who the fuck knows? But there is no such thing as a real, uh, like, an original idea. Because no. I don't think ideas come from humans. I think they come from somewhere else. I agree. So to think that you came up with it, it's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. It popped into your head the way that it did. And like we were saying earlier, voices. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imitate a voice. So that is yours. However you choose to tell it, like, you're going to tell it your way. But mm-hmm. uh, it's not. it's not your idea, bro. Like, no, 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 no. It's not your idea. And this all came to me because uh, David Keaton's last projector was 100% ripped off by uh, mm-hmm. under, under the Silver Lake. And Bone Tomahawk ripped off uh, one of my stories. But, like, mm-hmm. but I like Bone Tomahawk. I think it's good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Good sword, movie. I don't care for Under the Silver Lake, but no. that doesn't really have anything to do with with it being a ripoff so you go through actually all it kind of does <laughs> it kind of does because last projector is so good that yeah. under the silver lake disappointed me right it set the expectations high well the way that i see it i didn't really like under the silver lake either but well, let me dump out these water and these ramens hey bubba you want some ramen noodles we're eating healthy today it's rough i couldn't make it to couldn't make it to Target because of the weather. So I don't want to push my luck. So we're doing PB and J and applesauce and ramen noodles, just something to like literally just fill up his gut. Um, yep. But uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that happened, and then the idea came to me, to me and me alone and nobody else, that uh, <laughs> that if you don't want to be ripped off, just start ripping other shit off shamelessly go quentin tarantino on it 
Man, people gave Quentin Tarantino so much shit once they found out that the part, the Oren Ishii part from Kill Bill was Lady Snowblood and shit. And everybody thought they had got him. They're like, got you, you just stole all this shit. And it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, those pastiche filmmakers, you know, the auteurs, that's all they do. Brandon Cronenberg is just trying to do his dad. Yep. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is trying to do the classics, the westerns, the exploitation films, the like, all that shit. That's what he's trying to do. Kung Fu, Django, like, mm-hmm. he took the fucking name. <laughs> it was like, yeah. this is Django. It was like, oh, exactly like the western that you're copying? Yep. Yep. Mike did it too. And Sukiyaki Western Django. That's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Uh, but like, so basically, you know, if you're a writer and you're listening to this, especially if you're one of these guys, I have a feeling that you listen to Agitator. Uh, just giving you some friendly advice. Just cut that shit out. It's not worth it. If you want to go after this dude, hit, read his book and hit him on his prose. You know, everybody's arguing about this cosmetic shit. Uh, about like, oh, you, you rip, you rip this. It's like, who's a better writer? Who's a better writer? Cause, it's because this is why we're not ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. I was just going to say that we all know if it's me you're talking about, we know who's the better. I mean, come on. We know who's yeah. better. I mean... Yeah. Even he, <laughs> even he knows. Even he said that. Yeah. Yeah. So has all but admitted that. Yeah. But um, or might have even admitted it. I don't know. They're all he said something sense. like that. The fuck was that gonna say? Oh, that's why. That's why you know, we're uh, perpetually men without country with the whole idealism. And who the fuck cares? Everybody, yeah. stop. Stop with the idealist. Uh. Go, go watch sports or something like please pick a team yeah. pick something that's more interesting than like fucking punditry if you want to see an example like, of what a healthy human being like go look at glenn rockney's twitter account that is a well-adjusted man who uh, <laughs> yeah. s- screams about football on his twitter <laughs> yep <laughs> get an outlet people get an outlet outlets yeah, i outlets. made that for that's you, what you need. I made that for you. We just got to let it cool off a little bit first, buddy. It's got to cool off so you don't burn your mouth. But I did make it for you. That is yours. Uh, but yeah, because they're all... They want to... It's all about rules. You yeah. broke the rules. You ripped someone off. It's like... I had to jump in for a brief and then mute mute it because I ain't arguing with those dorks all day. Yeah. But uh, I was like, just call him trash. What is yeah. this shit with... You ripped somebody off. I'm gonna tell the teacher that you ripped them off. And what he and the thing. Okay, let's look at this from a practical standpoint too. Not just from a it's a waste of your time because everybody influences everybody and ideas aren't proprietary. But if you think about it, just from like a logical standpoint, if if your goal is to gain a readership and be seen by people, and you are constantly presenting yourself as this put upon you know nobody who's being ripped off and not getting their fair shake it comes off as weak and number one nobody's gonna believe you nobody believes you when you say this kind of you could have the smoking gun the zapruder film of somebody ripping you off unless it's direct plagiarism that you can you can point two passages together and be like see this is what i wrote and even then 
even then, fifty percent you know, of people was, are going to be like, no, no, it's close, but no, like nobody yeah. cares, bro. No, nobody gives a shit. Going all the way back to the Sam Pink thing, where like he had all the receipts, yep. all the receipts yep. of where this dude was like, "You're my biggest inspiration." I tell you know, and he was show telling other people, and they're like, "Where'd you get your voice from or your style from?" He's like motherfucking Sam Pink you yep. know, he just like admitting to all of it and then he showed the page one comparisons and they were like beat for beat exactly what happens mm-hmm. nobody cares and still nobody yeah cares. because you can't it's like at the end of the day you know that book failed was, all I'm, by itself <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. I'm all team Sam like I love Sam Pink one of the goats but yeah it's like I don't know that's probably Probably actually not the way to go about it. Yeah, actually. our views on this have evolved. If you go back and listen to, I don't know, episode 8 or something, we go in on it from the perspective of this is fucked up. Because you start thinking about it in monetary terms, and you think about how this guy, the fuckboy dude, had uh, opportunities that Sam didn't have, and blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. But none of it, at the end of the day, none of it matters. You know, you make a big shitstorm about it, and it gives people something to talk about on Twitter for 48 hours. And then everybody forgets. Nobody, uh, you know, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody, like, boycotts the book. The publisher is certainly not going to do shit about it. After they've invested money in Fuckboy, what are they going to do? Be like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess we're going to... No, the, they don't pull shit. If you can have a fucking firestorm like American Dirt and, and that book still comes out, like, that just goes to show you, like, it's money, bro. Like, <laughs> nobody's... Yeah. Even me, like, if I had designed a cover for a Broken River book and it came out that this was just, like, this person completely ripped somebody off, I'd be like, ah, yeah, but I, I paid 200 bucks for a cover, so that shit's... Uh, it's coming out. That shit's coming out. <laughs> I can't give the $200, yeah. or I can't get my $200 back, so the book is coming out. Um, <laughs> when it's like, uh, this... this book you're publishing is an allegory for white nationalism oh word it is yep. hmm. hmm i guess i should have read it before i decided to publish it but i just thought the title was cool <laughs> <I just> thought... <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out it's coming out but yeah we send a message of hope peace and love which is that you know stop concerning yourself with the shit and just write another book um i promise you'll be happier i'm happier than i was when i had bitterness in my heart if you can step back and just laugh at it and talk shit, uh, then it's just a better way to live life, you know? Because I'm just I'm just free, and it's not a... I don't argue with people on the internet about shit. Even when I make people mad, I just block them and ignore them. Because, like, I wait... I basically, like, I'll tweet something, I wait for them to get their screenshots, and then I just take it down because I don't like that kind of negativity cluttering up my timeline. And, uh, the views are great. Once it yeah, passes, you know, so yeah. many thousand views, <laughs> I'll hit I'm like, like, that's enough. I can delete it. <laughs> yeah, I'll hit like 3,000 views. I'm like, they got the idea. They, they all know now. And then I just disappear. I just poof. I go back to, to my little existence. Because sometimes I do get the urge to just poke people. Just a little bit. Like, they're, they're too... I find them to be a little bit too comfy and cozy. Uh, where they're at and a little bit smug and self-satisfied so I poke and then I disappear and I spend most of my time most of my creative energy on this podcast or writing 
and I'm telling you guys, listen to me, listen to me very carefully. It's a fucking badass way to live. Like, life is sick. I had a nervous breakdown this week because it just like, you know, I had to actually make money because uh, bills come up every month. I don't know how I keep forgetting this, but I'll get to like the 21st and I'll be like, oh shit, like I need to make money. So I was doing a bunch of freelance shit. And when you're trying to do freelance shit on top of having to watch a kid all day, and that, like, if y'all don't have kids, y'all don't understand what this is like. Because I didn't get it at first either. Like, when Jeremy had his kid, and I'd be like, hey, bro, you want to hang out? He'd be like, uh, no. I got shit to do. I'd be like, lame, whack. But now I totally get it. Uh, so, under all that stress and pressure, I just, like, completely cracked. I didn't punch a wall. I didn't yell. I didn't do shit. I just, like, sat down and chilled. And I have to think that that maturity... Uh, and that ability to withstand mental distress and, and physical pain and annoyance and anger and all that kind of shit, it comes from being creatively fulfilled in life. And you can't be creatively fulfilled if, you, if you're like Gollum with your ideas in your books, right? And you're like, oh, these are, these are my precious. And, you know, straight up, like, if anybody ever just, like, plagiarized my shit... Or, or tried to come out with a book called Black Gum that was just my story, but they wrote it, I would just go kill him. You know what I mean? But I'd be cool about it. I'd be chill about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'd just get in my car, do-do-do-do-do, pop on the Doom soundtrack to get hyped up, and then I'd just fucking shoot him in the head. And then, uh, and then we'd be good. You know? Like, justice would be served. Like, what would you do if somebody came out with a book called, called Heathenish, and it was just your book, but they wrote it? Just, like, a little bit different. Uh. Let's see. I'm trying to think. What would I? Somebody announces, "Here's my book, Heathenish," and it's about Kelby Losack Ke- in the Kelby. year 2013. It's about Kelby Losack, uh, a gay man who lives in Houston, who uh, yeah. is trying to see if he can have sex with the whole uh, Houston Oilers football team. That's but yeah, I kind of it's been so long I forgot what it was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'd probably quote Tweedle and be like, "Look at this faggot." <laughs> yeah, it gets shadow banned again. <laughs> yeah, just be like, "Thinks he can be me." <laughs> he thinks he can be me. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah. I I'm better I'm better than everybody else. Plagiarize me if you this want. This is this is yeah. what this is the attitude. This is the sigma attitude that we're trying to spread on Agitator. By the way. It's just like, if you are confident that you're better than everybody else, you really don't give a shit. You know? I was talking to Eddie about this, and I was like, Eddie, what would you do if if somebody tweeted that you were the worst writer in publishing right now? And he said, he would just be like, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, which is something none of them say. Whenever I'm like, uh, like even... Even that one post from uh, that we were talking about from earlier, the whole tomahawk thing, mm-hmm. when I was like, "Yo, who cares? Like, just say he's trash, and stop doing this. Like, you don't have to do this defensive, like, justicey thing about like you ripping people off. Yeah, you can just say he's trash." Yeah. And uh, I said that I was like, "You can, you can be like, this guy is garbage, and." He, he sucks 
he's a, he's a dork mm-hmm. and uh and then the author in question was like i agree with you <laughs> 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 he came back he was like wow i agree with you hell's bells yeah doop do i should play the lottery today but never have they ever never have they ever been like no I'm not yeah I'm the best they never say that (laughs) because even they know like I could say I'm the best and then somebody could be like no you're not and I'd be like well that's wrong you're you're just wrong you know that's where I when they when they start with the uh, the the wrong contrarianism when Mm -hmm. they're like you know, it, it's just like, no, actually, you you suck. That's that's when I'm like, okay, conversation over, and I'm just like, you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I just got a call from your mom that says she regrets having you. <laughs> you're a disgrace to your whole family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny, man. That's too funny. And do you lose any sleep over that? No. 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 <laughs> I lose sleep over working on bestsellers yeah, and yeah. taking care of kids. Oh, man, I hate it when I have a fucking idea that I definitely stole from something I watched, like, 50 minutes ago. And I'm like, I got to get up and write that. Yo, listen, though. I'm being silly, but I'm not. Like, stealing shit is the way to go. I was telling fella about this when we were on the third place. I play Tomb Raider. I'm having a great time. And I start to want to write a Tomb Raider story. I read Gantz, and I... Th- see how the uh, Hiroya Oku does his rules and I want to do Gantz I see this anime Ken, it's not Kenshin Impact it's like, it starts with the K though and I think oh right corporate corporate entities in the cyberpunk future hold uh, Kumite style blood sport matches to settle corporate disputes obviously right obviously that's what I'm looking for stole it mm-hmm. took it you know what I mean? Like, I guess one thing I do, which I think is just, I, for me, y'all don't have to do this because I'm not here to judge people's fucking morality or be your mom or anything like that. But what I do, and I think is a good idea, is I just, I straight up put up all my influences at the beginning of my book. I have a page that says, here are the things that influenced me when I was writing this. And it's books, movies, uh, thinkers, podcasts, and music, right? But that's just I just like doing that because I also think it works as like a marketing tactic if you open up the book and you see that page and you're like oh I like all those things you'll probably want to read the book so it doubles as like as a marketing tactic uh, but also I do think it's I I think it's good form to to point out your uh, we do it all the time on the show like if we're parroting Jack or somebody like that I try my best to always be like, oh, this is something that Jack says. Just because, I mean, that's my personal thing. But that's like, I wouldn't tell people to go clean their fucking room even though my shit's spotless. It's like none of my business if your house is messy. You see what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, when the shoe's on the other foot, you know, people have have said, uh, Simmons, before we got to know him, before he became part of the Broken River crew, was like, I saw how y'all were doing shit, and I was like, word, you can write like this? Like, you can do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was, that made me feel good. Yeah. Like, why would I was I like, hell yeah. I, I'm my favorite writer, so I want more people to, Thank you know, you. pick up on my shit. Thank you. So far, nobody has been able to successfully 
mimic the way that I write. So right now I'm the only JDO. And it's lonely at times. Because I fucking love reading my books. They're great. So I encourage people to, you know, try to... Well, I don't really know if very many people can. There's like an alchemical process that's going on there that's... It's kind of like, I don't know. Like if you're Goku and you're telling people like, oh, just go lift weights. You'll be like, it's like, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, I am Goku, so. But. Uh, yeah, you got to already be somebody like a, you know, like, you know, like Simmons is like a Vegeta or another Goku. So right. if you're like, you know, just go, just go lift weights. He'd be like, yeah, bet. I'm on it. Kelby's Piccolo. I am Piccolo because I'm the black one. Eddie's Krillin. Uh, <laughs> Grant is Mr. Popo. And. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know, like. Uh, I want to be like a, I'm definitely Piccolo, but I'm kind of Dende too. Who's Dende? The the baby Piccolo. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. like he's got that he's got that robe drip. Yep. And he's yep. kind of like, he's kind of like a heel. Yeah, yeah. I could see that for sure. I could see that for sure. And he's short. He's like a pit bull. I'm like he's like the DMX of the. Uh, <clears throat> Whatever those aliens are called, I forget. I'm a bad weeb. Yeah, I forget the, what race they're the called. Fucking cricket men, or something like that. Um, <laughs> That's what they're called, the cricket men. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess we could we could put that whole thing to bed. I said everything that I needed to say there. Uh, rip shit off if you think it's cool. Take inspiration from it. If you see something that's called Lady Tomahawk and you're like, God damn it, you almost had it, bro. It should be Madam Tomahawk. I'm gonna write that shit. That's your God-given right to do so. And, uh, yeah. I was about to call the first volume of Samurai Jesus uh, Phantom Liberty, but <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't quite work. I would have, but I was like, yeah, eh. Yeah. I thought of a better title for it that makes I more sense. I love that idea of just taking, like, the you know, Ronin Trash Year One, just call it, like, Berserk. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, why is it called Berserk? It's like, man, because people go Berserk in the book, bro. They go right. crazy. The same as Just guts. copy the... That whole IP thing, the random IP of, like, Japanese uh, products, like, backpack with Sonic the Hedgehog on it that says, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, a Bart Simpson catchphrase or something. Like, just... Yo, this and is it's like weed, hope, and magic, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This like, is what why, the fuck is this? This is one of the reasons why I fuck with Mike White so much. I just finished uh, White Lotus season two, and I looked up an interview with him because I was trying to find out when part three is going to come out. And uh, in the interview, he was like, "Everybody calls my show, you know, original and all this kind of shit." And he was Mike White was a contestant on Survivor for one season, right? And mm-hmm. he basically says like. I don't know why everybody says the show is so original. I'm I'm ripping off Fantasy Island and mixing it with Survivor and then just making a soap opera out of that. And he straight up says, 
that he came up with the plot device that each season has where there's like a dead body at the beginning. He said, uh-huh. he said that worked like crazy. He said, and I did that specifically to try to hook viewers. It doesn't matter to the plot at all. I just did that. He said, I should have put a dead body in my shows 25 years ago. I wouldn't have been spinning my wheels. And I was like, this is a real motherfucker right here. Like he's, he's being open about his influences. He's, he's giving props to where his shit comes from. He's doing that thing I love when artists do, when they make something that's as unique and singular as the White Lotus. And they're like, oh no, it's Gilligan's Island. What are you talking about? And they believe it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to them, they're like, what? I was doing Gilligan's Island. Uh, or Fantasy Island, I should say. Um, and he also straight up is just like, he's totally transparent about the hooky uh, plot device thing. You know what I mean? Just like unpretentious, gorgeous, beautiful art. Can't get enough of that shit. Yeah, he's right too, because, you know, after you kind of forget about the hook when you're into it. And I feel like the common feeling of white lotus as people start watching it and they're like same as i was i was like what am i like i don't really get what this is why am i still watching it i'm i don't know if i'm gonna keep going and then episode three you're like okay now i'm hooked more and then by the end of the season you're like holy shit what the fuck was that yeah but uh yeah without that initial hook it might be even harder Mm -hmm. to get into at first oh i wouldn't have watched so many i wouldn't watch it if you hadn't said it was good it's the only reason I watched you, Adam, and Jack all said it was great. I was like, okay, that's three people whose opinions I trust. So, I mean, that was it, bro. I tried the first ten minutes of uh, the first season and turned it off. I was like, damn, Kelby, Adam, and Jack are tripping right now. Like, what is this? And then uh, Rios came in. She's like, you want to watch White Lotus? I was like, fuck, okay. Same as you, though. Like, I watched it because I like watching tv with my wife it's like the time you know how it is that's like the time you get to spend together it's like watching mm-hmm. tv so i was like okay I'll, you know i watch like rupaul and community whatever she's got on i pretty much watch um but this one came on and yeah like i think for me it was by the end of the first episode i was like oh, okay all right bet i'm in yeah and yeah, so shouts out to Mike White. We're gonna have him on the show next year. Yeah, Mike White, come on the year. show. We know you went on TPM, For, uh, bro. We know, and you're setting season three in Japan. So Japan is like, hey, hey I get the on. message, bro. Mm-hmm. Get the message. <laughs> message received. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea that we're just like, we just think everybody listens to Agitator. Anything Japanese, like we're playing, uh, like when we played Tomb Raider 2013, and it's set in Japan. They're like, oh. All right, Tomb Raider creators, obviously agitator listeners. Okay. <laughs> they made this game ten years ago. It's like, well, what is time, though? You ever ask yourself that? You ever ask yourself what is time? But that's the, the positive way. Effect. That's the positive way of looking at it. That's the positive way of looking at like being quote unquote ripped off. Just assume everybody's your fan. Just be like, oh, that's cool. We must really love my People shit. People say it up front, too. They yeah. say, the only reason I'm doing this is because of Agitator. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Yes. <laughs> Go subscribe to the Patreon. Which that Patreon, bro, is just like, that shit is blowing up. If that stays on track for like a year, that's all we got to do, dude. That's that's it. Then our job That's what I'm agitator. investing a whole lot in, especially uh, 
especially the Samurai Jesus shit, the weekly serialization, that might be... Yo. That is the most day one response I've I know. ever had. And didn't I tell you I was like I don't written. I was like I don't expect anything out of this, and that's like the most popular shit we've done on the Patreon so far. Is <laughs> people are like, yo, this shit is tight, and I was like, damn, I thought y'all were podcast listeners, but they fucking showed up, dude. They read our shit, and it's unanimous. I'll post a screenshot of it on Twitter, but. It's just like unanimous, like this shit is fire, or this shit is crazy, you know. It's uh, it's the perfect, it's kind of the perfect model for these days consumption of books or whatever too. It's like every week you get a brand new chapter, and so people are along for the ride of that, of like how we're writing this shit right off the cuff, like it's like instant writing, mm-hmm. and uh. And they only got to read a chapter a week. Yeah. I wrote that chapter between the hours of 6.30 a.m. and 7.30 a.m., the day it was due. And I have, like, it was a more instantaneous positive reaction than Dying World, which has had how many permutations? It has been in development for, like, six right. or seven years. <laughs> And then it's like, the first God's Fear No Better that I did was done in this style too. The Joy of Killing Coyotes, back when I thought it was going to be more of like a crime series. Uh, I wrote 10 chapters on a WordPress blog, and I just wrote, the same as we're doing now, I wrote like a chapter a week or something. And it was the most fun I've ever had writing, and that one I could feel the enthusiasm for it too. Just in a way that my other books, besides Dying World, haven't really captured that. You know what I mean? Because I was always like, I was always a writer who people were like, damn, this guy's good, right? He can fucking write. But but what is this, you know? Like, is this a book? And then I just figured out that you have to be funny and uh, put cool shit in there. And then that's the formula, that's it. That's how you write a book. Yeah, and even, and now it's like, and then you just post it online instead and is, of, yeah, exactly. it's like, is this a book? Eh, no. No. Actually, no. Fuck no. books. No. It's, it's a it's a story. It's a story. And you yeah. can read it on the Patreon. It's a continuing story. The continuing story of Samurai Jesus and Ronin Trash. It's a prose manga. It's a pro Ooh, I like that. Prose manga. I don't know if anybody's been bold enough to like use that. But it's true because when I'm when I write now, bro, I see in manga. I see everything. Like, I see the panels. And my guys are like mm-hmm. little, little anime guys. And when they're nervous, I see like the little sweat bead. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. Like anime style or whatever. I just yeah. see it. I see everything in manga and anime. I've started reading that way too. I've made a. I'm going on Rare Candy tonight talking Sphere mm-hmm. by Michael Crichton. I was reading Sphere and picturing. Because uh, then I watched the movie too with Erica. And. I was thinking to myself at one point, I was like, who would I have cast? Because it felt way different than the way that I saw it, you know, yeah. while reading it. Right. And I was trying to think, like, who would I have cast instead? I'm like, I have no idea, because I was just picturing little anime people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easy, too, because you don't, you know, when people in books, when a person's face is described, you can't get the picture all the way so they'll say he had blue eyes 
He had a aquiline nose. Writers love aquiline noses, by the way. It's one of their favorite. What does that mean? I have no idea. I, I, I've never looked it up. Um, I want to say it's like, you know what? Let's look this up right now. Let's find out what aquiline means. We're going to find out all of y'all are racist. You're all like, yeah. he had a perfect Roman white nose. Yeah. I think it means like like long, but kind of like straight. I want to say like a straight nose. Like or I said, <laughs> yeah. like a perfectly shaped white person's nose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is aquiline? Aquiline nose. Oh yeah, it's a Roman nose. It's literally it's also called a Roman nose. That's hilarious. Exactly what I just said. That's wow. hilarious. You're funny. all racist. You're all fucking racist. So, oh, what was I even saying? Oh, right, 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 right. So when you're imagining this, like, you kind of come up with a foggy picture. But try this. Check this out. Just imagine them as an anime character. Boom. They all look the same, bro. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you read Gantz. Sometimes I'll be in Gantz. I'll be like, oh, right. Because, like, Izumi and Kato look almost identical. Exactly you know? the same. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they meet the Osaka team, when they meet like the Evil Gons team that just like rapes all the demons and shit, I was like, yeah, these all look like people who we've seen before. Uh, which is funny because Oku claims that he focuses a lot on the faces, which I believe he focuses on the facial expressions. But bro, there's like five varieties of anime face if you're not going to get racist with it. You know what I mean? So like. Mm hmm. I'd just kind of like, okay, I'll look for context clues as to who's who. But uh, damn, we're an hour in. I had a lot to say uh, this episode, especially just with like the rip-off shit and all that kind of stuff. But we can... Uh, well, the, the movies, there's not much to say beyond the premise. And it's basically everything we said does tie into the movies because what was, it was, they were produced on a challenge of you do the same thing as each other. You both have the same challenge. Now... Now go. What do you What do you come up with? Let me look up and, the budget uh, for these movies. How much do you think these movies cost? I think two LDK was probably. Hmm. You know, that bitch was wearing some expensive clothes, but you can fake that shit, especially for the camera. Mm -hmm. So, uh, maybe like I'm gonna say ten thousand. I was thinking 20. I thought each was probably about 20. And the reason why, I can't find it because 2LDK is a type of apartment. It's uh, two bedrooms. That's what it is. Okay. Two bedrooms. I was like, what room, is the. Dining room. <laughs> I was wondering that too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is a. What does this mean? So it says. Where does the title come from? It says here. Uh. Says, do, 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 do. It doesn't say what it says a very small budget, but I'd say tw about 20k because you got to pay the actors, you got to pay the crew for a week. Uh, and I there's guess if you want to, yeah, there's like blood effects, but it's not really like I mean, I, I would pro probably say <coughs> that the budgets were 20 or under 10 probably seems fair too, but I mean, I can't see. Uh, oh, what's his name from Agi from the movie Agitator taking a small, small payment? 
from uh, the guy from Aragami, the the demon. That's, right. Uh, yeah. That's old boy from from Agitator. He's in Gozu too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so they, I mean, like the lead actors was probably the majority of the budget, right? But you could. Probably... And Aragami had that feudal setup. Yeah. Uh, but they were doing a lot of post-production filter shit, so it wasn't like expensively shot or anything. Yeah. Um, it kind of looked like a supernatural episode. Yo, and movies are expensive too. I asked Lorez about this on the DM. I was asking him what he thought uh, Copenhagen Cowboy cost, and uh, he put it like a number that I thought was like insanely high. What did he say? I'll just look up. Not not to leak DMs, but this isn't anything juicy. Because I was like, how much could this have really cost? It's six episodes, uh, you know. The actors are all, like, Refn's friends. Uh, he said that he thought it would have been... Uh, uh, it probably cost Refn 15 to $25 million, but maybe less because they shot it in Denmark. And then his guess is that Netflix played, uh, paid $35 million for it. So 15 to $25 million for... Have you seen the show? Have you seen Copenhagen Cowboy? Uh, not yet, but yeah, I, I, you know, and then another thing, and I think this is a low resism. I think I heard this on the movies podcast. Is uh, people will lie about their budget to get that distribution money. Oh, so like, interesting. If interesting. if Netflix is like, what happened with that Skinamarink movie or whatever? It was like a. A nothing movie like literally nothing less than Blair Witch happens in that movie mm-hmm. and it's nobody actors there's no set there's hardly anything happening on screen whatsoever and she's like this is spooky mm-hmm. Um, and they said that cost I don't remember what they said but like 30,000 I think and they were Definitely, just trying to get Netflix or Shutter or whoever to be like, okay, we'll buy it for thirty thousand. I, <coughs> I see. So you inflate your budget to get the distributor to quote unquote cover the cost of the movie, but right. you didn't really spend that much. Yeah, man, I could see them getting away with maybe five k for each of the actors for a week's worth of work. That's pretty decent. Uh, and this is Japan. It's two thousand and three, uh, and then you know all the. All the blood, like, I mean, you can tell it's cheap because in Aragami, when uh, Gozu agitator guy gets his uh, arm chopped off, it's like clearly a prosthetic. It's it's like we we yes. don't we don't use the yeah. term we don't use the term bad special effects on this podcast, but it's cheap, right? It's it's very on the fly. Like, who's got a prosthetic? It's Halloween arm? store prosthetics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's got a Halloween store wig on too. I showed Rios. So I was like, look at the wigotry on this shit. And she was like, oh, my God, got this big, bushy uh, mane of hair. It looks so stupid. But he's a great actor. Both the actors in that movie are good. Uh, that one follow a guy who's wounded uh, in, like, it seemed like it was, like, maybe 19th century Japan because they had pistols. Um, yeah, they're like, this is a new invention of the West, so it had to be, yeah, yeah. the 1800s. 1800s, yeah. And uh, they basically, like, this wounded guy shows up to this spooky buddhist temple he's been shot with arrows his buddy's been shot with arrows and he wakes up and he's totally healed he's eating all this food and the guy who rescued him basically says you know 
I could only save one of you, and it was you, and you're eating your friend's liver, but now you're kind of immortal, and I want you to fight me and kill me because I'm Aragami, the, the god of, of endless war or whatever. And uh, so they fight, and that's pretty much it. That's It's like mm-hmm. most of the movie is just them sitting there talking to each other, drinking booze. They drink wine, Yes, yeah, like an hour long. With this uh, great techno soundtrack, like I love that soundtrack, dude, because it's like 1800s Japan, but yeah, it's like basically the guy'll be like, "I want you to kill me," and it'll be like, and I was like, "Let's go!" Yeah, <laughs> anachronistic sound design is is my shit. Um, but then they fight. I thought the fights were really cool. I thought it was well choreographed. Obviously, he did verses, so he knows how to do low budget action films uh i even liked their last fight was like in the dark and you could see that as kind of a cost cutting measure but i thought stylistically it worked pretty well and uh i fucking love the end where the guy beats the origami becomes the origami and then we cut to like modern day and this guy who looks like blade has shown up with like shotguns and shit to try to take him out i was like that's fucking yeah that's dope yeah, he takes his place until another worthy opponent can take him out. And dude's just like, I've got all these guns. And he's like, that's cute. Yeah. And then uh, 2LDK, which I think is my favorite of the two, is uh, these two actresses. Yeah, I, I loved this movie. Yeah, these two actresses who are sharing an apartment because they're both vying for the same role as a mob wife in a movie called Yakuza War. Uh, they can't be more different. One of them is like super anal marks all of her shit up in the fridge hates like hair anywhere she she does this thing at the beginning where she takes a piece of tape and dabs a little bit of hair off the floor and the other actress is a slut who is loud and you know gets her roles by fucking dudes and is honestly like to me she i like her in the movie like she's the the character who i was like i hope that she quote-unquote wins this battle uh spoiler alert neither one do uh they kill each other but uh they basically like there's escalating tension you know there's a guy who the the anal chick really likes and the sluts already fucked him and they're deleting each other's text messages and using each other's shampoo and then it's just like out of nowhere the the kind of slutty character turns out that like she's sitting in the bathroom and running a bath and she looks into the bath and there's like a dead woman and a dead infant in the bathtub uh-huh. which shocked the fuck out. I was like what the fuck am I looking at Jesus Christ I wasn't ready for it you know and uh, it's basically these ghosts are haunting her because she fucked a dude and her wife uh, slit her wrists and her baby's wrists in the tub which if it was me I'd be like not my fault uh, but like it's the husband's fault if anything right um, yeah, that was hardcore. I was like, so she took herself and her baby out. I'm like, you could have just like killed him. Killed him. Her. Thank you. Right? <laughs> like, like, so he he fucked around on you. So you're gonna kill a baby? Yeah, you lose all my all my sympathy. <laughs> yeah, I think. Hmm. Cheating or killing your own child? Hmm. Who is? Who's morally superior here? Who's morally superior? Yeah. Um. So anyway, so then the action in that just ramps up to comical heights. They're hitting each other in the head with toilet bowl covers. 
or uh, no, I love tank when covers. the fight starts. Mm-hmm. I love when the fight starts. They're just slapping each other, like bitch slapping each other back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> it's because these really loud whap sound yeah. effects. So in 2LDK, the way that it works is that you, you actually start... This is a device that I think is great and more movies should use it. But these uh, two women are talking in the, in the dining room while they're eating. And they're talking, but you can hear each other. Like, you can hear their thoughts about how they actually mm-hmm. feel about each other. And it's, it's great. It adds this perfect third dimension to their characters and really gets you literally inside their heads and brings you closer to them. And uh, and then basically the one who like oh, with her fucking little rules, right? Where she's like, oh, we agreed that like you have to follow the rules of this. That what was the first thing that she tri- was tripping about? Like uh, her. I think that she uh, she drank or no, she used her shampoo. Yeah, used her shampoo. That was what freaked her out at first, and then she drank her drink or something like that. And the drinking the drink, drinking somebody else's shit out of a fridge is fucked up. I don't do that shit. I don't like it when it happens to me. But using the shampoo is like, get get a fucking grip. Like, what are you talking about? Like, who cares? Um, it's in the shower. You're in the same place. You yeah. want to smell good, right? I use people's like, sh- shit all the time when I'm at their house. I'm like, okay. This I don't is ever good. bring my own shit. No. I just assume. I'm like, you're clean, right? If I show up and you don't have toiletries, I'm going to be like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? I've had friends like that. I've stayed over drinking or whatever. Wake up in the morning, and their tub just looks like somebody took a shit in it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm not using that. I'll just go without the shower today. But anyway, like, I can't stand characters in, in movies uh, who are anal like that. It drives me nuts because it's not how I am. I'm a clean person, but I'm not like. Uh, I don't always. I don't expect other people to follow my little idiosyncrasy like Rio's got a thing recently where she'll put Gus's diapers on top of the pail I told you about this instead of like mm-hmm. in the pail and I just kind of think about that to myself and I get it like she doesn't want to open it because it smells bad so she's kind of just like leaving it there for me to find so I'll open it up and have to smell the shit um, but that's fine it's part of your your manly duties yeah it's part of my manly duties like women don't take out the trash bro women like I don't know what single women do because they do not fuck with trash at all they live in filth I live I told you about how I lived with the strippers for a while uh-huh. fucking filthy just don't do shit <laughs> that makes one so time sense. one time they clogged the the toilet and just never used the bathroom again oh women and I was like I ain't fixing it I ain't married to y'all fuck y'all yeah, yeah it's, but it's your shit um but so the yeah just the kind of comical heights and what uh uh Sits, it's not Sutsui, it's uh Sutsuma, i think is his, his name i'm less familiar with that director i don't think i've seen any of his movies but he really knocked it out of the park with this movie the it's only an hour and 10 minutes and you don't need any more than that it's just this little short story uh i like movies like the dogma 95 movies and shit that that have rule sets and uh, that have like low budget and constraints that you have to work within. I think that kind of shit is cool. So I fucked with both the movies. I thought they were great. How long was a How long was Reservoir Dogs? Do you remember? Ninety minutes. Okay, so also not like by Hollywood standards, that's like fifty minutes basically. Yeah, it's short. So yeah, 
I'm kind of of the mind where how I am with books where I'm like if you know a long book is a stylistic choice it's like yep it's impressive to for you to write a long book and for it to be good and like it's an endurance thing and there's something else going on because I don't care what story you're telling you can tell it within a hundred pages like if you're going longer than that you're basically making a live like saga basically like you know like berserk or something yeah which still could have been a hundred page story but part of the reason of it is it keeps going and going and going you know that's it yeah yeah. but uh but yeah same with movies I'm, i'm going i'm taking the same stance on movies like if you can't do it in an hour bro you suck you're not a good filmmaker well and it's the thing that you get with duration and length is duration and length and those are qualities that are not replicable in any other way than by engaging in duration and length you see what i'm saying like the feeling you get from reading a 500 page book like coin locker babies for example like the fact that it took you you know 10 hours to read or whatever is part of the experience it's part of the sinking in and the amount of time you spend within its world has a mutative effect on the reader that's you that you can't you straight up can't do with uh 100 pages but that's it it has nothing to do with telling the the story you know what i mean because like Mm -hmm. you can tell the story in 100 absolutely you can you can tell it in 100 pages or less but oh uh, yeah coin locker babies for example if i took what i remembered of of coin like the scenes that hit and the whole narrative and all that shit if i just took that yeah and wrote my own version it'd be like 100 pages yeah hold on i'm trying to convince this kid to come over and lay down with me it's getting to be nap time and he uh can you guess if he's excited about nap time doesn't want to take a nap <laughs> i think he's ecstatic yeah okay He's like, yeah, nap time. I've been waiting. Yo, I was like... I'm trying to use up all my energy so I can take a nap. I'm looking at this menu, this PlayStation 5 menu, and they're advertising the Royal Rumble. And I gotta just say, no disrespect to people who like wrestling, but I do not understand this at all. It has nothing to do with the soap opera aspect or the how cool the characters look or whatever. But like... And I, I get that they do all these acrobatics and they get injured and shit like that, but the action fucking sucks. Like, the fighting doesn't look cool. It's just them flipping each other and, like, like giving each other high fives and I'm going to throw you into the rope and uh, oh, now I'm bouncing off and coming. If, um, if they were skinny chicks, it'd look awesome. I think it's the proportions. Oh, they're like They're like bubble dudes. They all look like a... What is that? Stretch arm. They all look like Stretch Armstrong, mm. and they're like doing all these acrobatics. And it's like, no. What would look cool for y'all to do is beat each other's faces in. That'd look cool. Yeah. Um, but all the flying around—that, that's weird. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. But um, so yeah, so the movies are really good. I like the idea of setting up these uh, these kind of intentional. Uh, restrictions on shit and then having to having to 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 meet those things uh anything else on this episode it's pretty um pretty shit talk heavy pretty movie light pretty standard for an agitator episode i guess 
<laughs> yeah, another one of those uh, trying to trying to break out of the mold of where we're at, being like, uh, "Oh, y'all are an anime podcast." Um, no, no, no. We're just a podcast where everybody gets upset by what we say, right? Because there's like these two tribes and they like we we ostensibly should be siding with with one against the other and it's like but no not in this case so you're just you're not you're not right so it is what it is i guess Ooh, predator hunting grounds hunt or be hunted got a predator game that's pretty cool oh hell yeah we'll play predator game oh, yeah. uh yep That'll do it for this episode, folks. All right. Subscribe to the Patreon for a lot more shit.